0: What's good everyone? Welcome to King Truth Podcast. This is your host, King Truth. Uh, We're going to start our presidential series. We're going to talk about the 2020 Democratic presidential candidate, Kamala Harris. Let's get into it. been a question about who Kamala Harris is. You know, a lot of people don't know who she is. They do know who she is. They know her from the um, committee hearings that she's involved in where she's asking really tough questions of the people that are there in the committee. But on this one, I'm going to give a little background on who Kamala Harris is so that way you have a better um knowledge of who Kamala Harris is so that way when you go to the polls you're not just going on you're not just going on what you see on television so who is Kamala Harris so Kamala Harris was born on October 20th 1964 in Oakland, California now her mom is a Tamil Indian And her dad is Jamaican. Now, her name Kamala actually comes from the Sanskrit word of the lotus flower. Now, her family lived in Barclay, California, and she lived with both of her parents until her parents got divorced when she was seven. And then she moved to Montreal, Quebec, Canada with her mom. Now, after graduating from Westmount High School, in Montreal, she went to Howard University, where she majored in political science and economics. Now, while at Howard, uh, Kamala Harris was elected to the Liberal, uh, Liberal Arts Student Council as a freshman class representative. She was a member on the debate team, and she joined the Alpha chapter of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. After she graduated from Howard, she returned to California where she earned her Juris Doctorate from the University of California, Hastings College of the Law in 89, and she was admitted to the State Bar of California in 1990. So that's a little background on the life of Kamala Harris, and now I'm going to get into the her early career um, as a district attorney of the city in San Francisco. So, before then, she served as a deputy district attorney in Alameda County, California from 1990 to 1998. She then ran for district attorney of the city and county of San Francisco, and she defeated a two-term incumbent named Terrence Hillinan in uh, 2003, and she became the district attorney. Now, right off the bat, in her first term as district attorney in South uh, San Francisco, she had a little controversy. And I'm not going to say it was controversy. I'm just going to say that she stuck to her morals and she stuck to her principles, but it didn't make other people happy. So what happened was in April of 2004, um, a police officer named Isaac Espinoza was shot and killed by a gang member in the line of duty. So they ended up catching the guy a few days later uh arrested him charged him and booked him now the police union wanted Kamala Harris to look for the death penalty Espinoza's family wanted Kamala Harris to look for the death penalty but Kamala Harris said that she would not seek the death penalty and this made a lot of people upset so during the funeral for this fallen police officer, U.S. Senator and former San Francisco Mayor Dianne Feinstein got in the pulpit and pretty much called on Kamala Harris, who was also at the funeral, to go for the death penalty. And this ultimately led to a standing ovation. And she thought that it would help sway Harris, but Kamala Harris refused. she stayed with the principles that she believed in and what she ran on. uh The killer was later convicted of murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison. The family is still not happy with that decision, but Kamala Harris had always has always said that she has been a opponent of the death penalty she doesn't believe in the death penalty she believes life in prison is a harsher punishment than simply putting someone to death because putting someone to death is in their eyes the easy way out instead of serving out their days in prison uh, for instance, this gang member was 19 when he killed this police officer. And this happened in 2004. So we're looking at 15 years since uh, he killed that officer. And he's got, he's just now getting into his mid 30s. So he still has 35, 40. It depends on how long he lives. A really long time behind bars, and without the possibility of ever seeing daylight and being let out into the community. Now, also in two thousand four, uh, Kamala Harris started the Back on Track Initiative, which was a reentry program for uh, ex convicts, and this program were for nonviolent, first-time drug offenders whose crimes were not uh, a weapon or gang-related. They had to plead guilty in exchange for a deferral of sentencing and regular appearances before the judge over a year. This is her beginning uh, something that the Senate is trying to uh, implement with their new uh prison ref- prison reform bill uh the participants who succeeded in obtaining a high school uh high school diploma or GED and they maintained a the steady employment and they took parenting classes and passed drug tests would have their records cleared now over the 8 years that the program was ran under Kamala Harris the program produced fewer than 300 graduates but achieved a very low recidiv- recidivism rate they had a very low rate of people coming back to jail and then in 20 uh, in 2009 a state law which was the back on track reentry act assembly bill 750 was enacted And it encouraged other counties to start the program around a similar model. So now you're starting to see Kamala Harris in the criminal justice prison reform fight on the city level and the county level. Um, so that bill passed. It was signed into law by Arnold Schwarzenegger and the program did encounter some controversy though because it initially included illegal immigrants uh, one in particular was Alexander Izagari I think I said his name wrong I, I I'm pretty sure I butchered his last name but he was later arrested for assault and Kamala Harris owned up to it and she said that allowing people not eligible to work in the United States was a mistake and she eventually and, and modified the program to bar anyone who cannot legally be employed in the United States um now while she was district attorney in San Francisco her felony conviction rates rose from 52% in 2003 to 67% in 2006. And that's the highest in a decade. And there were, there was an 85% conviction rate for homicides uh, and convictions for drug dealers increased from 56% in 2003 to 74% in 2006. And also as the district attorney in uh, San Francisco, she created a special hate crimes unit, which focused on hate crimes against LBGT children and teens in the schools of San Francisco. So that was her time in San Francisco as the DA. So in 2011, she ran for attorney general of California. And on January 3rd, 2011, she became the first female Jamaican-American-Indian-American attorney general in California. So she made history with that election. Um. So some of the issues that she had to take up with, had to take up as attorney general was one of them was housing. So when she was when she took office in 2011 California was still feeling the effects of the um, recession the subprime uh, mortgage crisis and in 2012 she participated in the national mortgage settlement against five banks in which she she secured 12 billion dollars of debt reduction for the state's own, uh homeowners and 26 billion dollars overall. And then she implemented, she introduced the California Homeowners Bill of Rights in the California state legislature. And these Bill of Rights were a set of laws which took effect in on July 1st, 2013, and it proposed the banning practices of dual tracking, which is processing a modification and foreclosure at the same time, and then robo-signing and provided homeowners with a single point of contact at their uh, lending institution. It also gave California Attorney General more power to investigate and prosecute financial fraud and to convene special grand juries to prosecute multi-county crimes instead of prosecuting a single crime county by county so with this bill of rights that she introduced one it gave the attorney general of california to bring uh get a a grand jury to prosecute multi-county so instead of it just being in um one county and you prosecute that crime in that one county then you gotta go to the next county and prosecute that crime in the next county in this bill you can put all of them together and prosecute them all at the same time and also it again it helped the homeowners because after the recession um it showed the practices of these banks and of these lenders, and Kamala Harris proposed to protect the homeowners of California. Now, another issue that um, Kamala Harris had to deal with was prison conditions and sentencing reform. So after the United States Supreme Court in Brown v. Plata, Plata, Declared that California's prisons were so overcrowded, they inflicted cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, Kamala Harris fought the federal court supervision. And in her fight against that supervision, she stated, I have a client and I don't get to choose my client. Meaning her client as Attorney General is the people of California. That's why when you look at a docket, um for instance, a murder docket, uh a homicide docket, you'll see the state of California versus John Doe. So she's representing the entire state of California against the defendant. And that's what she meant by I have a client and I don't get to choose who my client is. So if something happens, she has to prosecute that case. Now, after California failed to fully implement the court's order to reduce crowding and was ordered to implement new parole programs, the state of California appealed that decision. And the person that argued that was Kamala Harris. And in, court, in the court filings, the attorney general's office argued that if forced to release these inmates early, prisons would lose an important source of labor such as fighting wildfires. She kind of put her foot in her mouth there. Um, She pretty much stated that the only reason prisons are around is for free or cheap labor, which we all knew that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that the prison system is pretty much modern day slavery. But Kamala Harris backed away from her office's arguments in the prison litigation case and she told the website, Think Progress, the way that argument played out in court does not reflect my priorities. The idea that we incarcerate people to have indentured servants is one of the worst possible perceptions. I feel very strongly about that and it evokes images of chain gangs. So she realized that she made a mistake with her statement and she ex- pretty much apologized for it and explained why that statement was bad. Now, she did have now Kamala Harris is a big um, advocate for the LBGTQ community, but she did have a case that was pretty. Um, Some people will look at it as anti-LGBTQ. It was the Michelle Norseworthy case. Uh, It happened in February 2014. Uh, Michelle Norseworthy was a transgender woman who was incarcerated in California's Mule Creek State Prison. And she filed a lawsuit based on the state's failure to provide her with what she argued was medically necessary sex reassignment surgery. Now, in 2015, April of 2015, a federal judge ordered the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation to provide Northworthy with the SRS, finding that prison officials had been deliberate. deliberately, de- I hate saying this word, deliberately, indifferent uh, indifferent to her serious medical needs um now kamala harris as attorney general as attorney general represented the cdrc the california department of recreations and rehabilitation and she challenged the order in the ninth court circuit of appeals um she argued that Norsworthy had been receiving hormone therapy for her gender Diaspira since 2000 and continues to receive hormone therapy and other forms of treatment, and that there is no evidence that Norsworthy is in serious immediate physical or emotional danger. Now, in August 2015, while the state's appeal was pending, Northworthy was released on parole obviating the state's duty to provide her with inmate medical care and rendering the case mute. Now, a lot of people looked at this as they didn't want to give her uh, this medical treatment. So in order for them not to give her the medical treatment, they would just let her go. Um, There was some controversy behind that as well. And Kamala Harris maintained that the parole review process was independent of Norworthy's uh, legal case against the CD, uh, CDCR, although the Ninth Circuit, in its opinion, said it was possible that North Berzy's release on parole ahead of her scheduled SRS may have been influenced by CDCR uh, officials. Now, outside of that, as Attorney General, she also prosecuted financial crimes. So she was she had prosecuted numerous financial crimes such as predatory lending for instance in 2011 while attorney general she created the mortgage fund strike force which was which had a mandate to eliminate mortgage foreclosure fraud uh the task force has been criticized for not filing as many foreclosure cases in states with smaller populations but in 2013 kamala harris did not prosecute steve mnuchin who is um trump's treasury guy she did not prosecute steve mnuchin's bank One west despite evidence suggestive of widespread conduct according to some memos that were leaked from the department of justice um in 2017, Kamala Harris said that her office's decision not to prosecute Mnuchin was based on following the facts and the evidence, like any other case. But in 2016, Mnuchin donated $2,000 to Kamala Harris's campaign, making her the only 2016 Senate Democratic candidate to get cash from Mnuchin. But as senator, because in 2016 she was running for senator, as senator Kamala Harris voted against the confirmation of Mnuchin as Secretary of the Treasury. So even though he gave her money, I guess that was him trying to, I don't know, bribe her? I don't know. But she still voted against um, Mnuchin being the Secretary of Treasury. And that was a good vote because he's not doing a good job. Really, none of them in Trump's cabinet uh, cabinet is doing a good job. So she also had some big cases when it came to Backpage. I don't know if any of y'all remember Backpage, but Backpage was that site that you can go on. And if you wanted some company for the night, uh, you can pretty much hit up a number. And they would come to your, to your, your place. Um, but Backpage got into a lot of problems because A, it was pretty much promoting prostitution. Two, it was promoting, uh, child, uh, child trafficking because a lot of the profiles and a lot of the women that were on Backpage were underage. So they got into a lot of trouble because of that. So on October 6, 2016, Kamala Harris announced the arrest of Backpage CEO Carl Ferrer on felony charges of pimping a minor, pimping, and conspiracy to commit pimping. And the arrest warrant alleged that 99% of Backpage's revenue was directly attributed to prostitution-related ads, many of which involve victims of sex trafficking, including children under the age of 18. So, in on December 9, 2016, this is after the election, um, because Kamala Harris stated that she was going to continue working until the uh, as Attorney General until the day that she was sworn in as a senator. So, on December 9th, 2016, a Superior Court judge dismissed all charges in the complaint. So, on December 23rd, 2016, Kamala Harris filed new charges against Ferrer and former Backpage owners Mike Lacey and Jim Larkin for pimping and money laundering. And then in January of 2017, Backpage announced that it was removing its adult section from all of its sites in the United States, stating that it was due to many years of harassment and extra legal tactics. Uh, The investigation continued all the way up and passed when Kamala Harris became a Senator. And on April 6, 2018, just last year, Backpage and affiliated sites were seized in a in a uh enforcement action by the FBI, the US Postal Inspection Services, the United States Department of Justice, and the IRS. And Fira eventually pleaded guilty to all the charges of felicitating uh prostitution and money laundering. So that was her last big case before we move into her next part of her career, which is Senator Kamala Harris. So in November 2016, Kamala Harris defeated Sanchez with sixty-two percent of the vote, carrying all but four counties. And following her victory, Harris promised to protect immigrants from the policies of then-president-elect Donald Trump. Uh, When she came into the Senate, she was given some committee assignments, and a couple of the committees that she was on was the Committee on the Budget, Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. She was also on the Subcommittee on Federal Spending Oversight and Emergency Management. She was on the Subcommittee of Regulatory Affairs and Federal Management. She was also on the Select Committee on Intelligence, the Committee on the Judiciary, Subcommittee on the Constitution, Subcommittee on Oversight, Agency Action, Federal Rights, and Federal Courts, and the Subcommittee on Privacy, Technology, and the Law. Now, as Senator, Kamala Harris has introduced 52 bills and resolutions in the 115th Congress. Uh, she introduced the second most bills compared to any other Senate freshman. And she, indu- she introduced three bills that became law, including uh, via incorporation into other measures in the 115th uh, Congress. Now, keep in mind that it takes a law to repeal a law. So very few bills ever become law. But most bills and resolutions languished in the committee without any actions. And Kamala Harris introduced eight bills in the 115th Congress that got past committee to the floor for consideration. Um, now, while she's been in the Senate, and again, a lot of people know her from her questioning of cabinet members that come to the committee and they get questioned, um, her profile started to grow a little bit. Uh, It started growing a little bit before she became a senator because um, she was also on the short list for President Obama when he was selecting a Supreme Court justice. And she was on a short list of people who were being considered for, uh, district judge, uh, appointments. Ultimately, she never became the Supreme court justice, or she was never selected to be a judge, but she came into the Senate and her profile again, started to grow. So on Martin Luther King's day this year, 2019, January 21st, Kamala Harris, Um, announced on Good Morning America that she would be seeking the Democratic presidential nomination. And within 24 hours of her making that announcement, her campaign received over $1.5 million in small donor donations from all over the country, from all 50 states. And on the 27th, she gave a speech... In her hometown, at the Frank Agua Plaza, and there was an overflow crowd of over 20,000 people that attended her official campaign kickoff. Um, A lot of people noted that there were more attendees at Harris's kickoff event on January 27, 2019, than... Barack Obama's first presidential campaign kickoff in Springfield, Illinois in 2007. Now, if Kamala Harris is elected president, there will be some historical significance behind that. One, uh Kamala Harris is the third office-holding African American woman to seek the Democratic nomination for president. The first two being U.S. Representative Shirley Chisholm in 1972 and U.S. Senator Carol Mosley Braun in 2004. Um, Carol Mosley Braun is the only other black woman to have served in the U.S. Senate who wanted to run for president. Uh, Kamala Harris launched her presidential campaign exactly 47 years to the day after Chisholm's presidential campaign. And and Kamala Harris paid homage to uh, Shirley Chisholm's campaign by using the similar uh, color scheme and typography in her own campaign's promotional materials and logos. Now, if she's nominated she would be the first Asian American and first African American woman to be the presidential nominee of a major party. And if she's elected, she would also be the first woman, the first Asian American, the first Indian American, and the first person of Jamaican descent and second African American to become president. So that's a little bit about Kamala Harris. Now we're going to get into the meat of this episode. We're going to look at what her political positions are and how that is important for us when we go to the poll. It's good to know what the policies and positions of the candidate that you support is um, before going to the poll. So first off, let's talk about crime. Um, Kamala Harris supports tougher legislation and action to prevent gun violence. Uh, for, for example, she supports universal background checks for people looking to purchase firearms and a ban on assault weapons. She also supports legalizing recreational marijuana at the federal level. Uh, she had previously opposed the legalization and had laughed about it. Uh she had laughed about her twenty fourteen Attorney General Republican opponent for supporting it, but she supports it now. She's called for more research into marijuana's potentially harmful effects on the brain and for regulation that would restrict driving while under the influence of the drug. So that's where she's at when it comes to crime. That's just a couple of her uh policy positions on crime. Now her policy position on economics, she Claims to support the idea of a tax plan that would lower taxes on the middle class while raising taxes on the wealthiest Americans. So she was criticized. She has criticized the 2017 tax cuts and jobs act that was passed by Congress and signed into law by Trump and says that she would fund her own tax bill by repealing those tax cuts. And she also supports an hourly minimum wage of $15 an hour. So her thoughts on the environment, um, we can look at what her position is and um, some policies or actions that she's taken in the past when it comes to environment. So during her time as San Francisco, as San Francisco district attorney, She created the Environmental Justice Unit in the San Francisco District Attorney's Office and prosecuted several industries and individuals for pollution. Most notably, she she prosecuted U-Haul, Alameda Publishing Corporation, and the Costco Bussin Oil Spill. She also advocated for strong enforcement of environmental protection laws. Now, in September of 2018, she was one of eight senators to sponsor the Climate Risk Disclosure Act, which is a bill described uh, by the co-sponsor, Elizabeth Warren, as using market forces to speed up the transition from fossil fuels to cleaner uh, energy, reducing the odds of an environmental and financial disaster without spending a dime of taxpayer money and in her campaign she supports the green new deal which is an idea that has become popularized by uh the New York representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez so that is her position when it comes to the environment now when it comes to healthcare uh, Kamala Harris supports a universal healthcare system Based on the existing Medicare program, which would eventually cover all Americans, she has also called for an end to private health insurance. But she later reversed her position on that one um, when her advisor, when one of her advisors, came out and was like, uh, "She's open to a more moderate health reform plan, which would preserve the industry." Now, when it comes to immigration, Kamala Harris has opposed uh, constructing a wall along the border of Mexico, and she claims that and she claims that she will protect DACA recipients from deportation. Uh, matter of fact, I think I saw it the other day where she proposed a new Dreamers Act in the Senate um i'm going to have to dig more into that and i will have i can have that information for you um now the big issue that a lot of us in our community in the black community is wondering is what is her black agenda so her black agenda um from what i've been able to find and what I've been able to read is okay so first thing is she wants to address maternal she wants to address maternal mortality rates of black women and she has actually sponsored a bill and intends as president of the United States to make sure it is passed around recognizing that black women are 3 to 4 times more likely to die in childbirth and the bill creates grant programs which aim to reduce racial disparities and directs the National Academy of Medicine to find ways to include bias recognition and testing for medical schools. She also is a huge supporter of HBCUs. And she is right now working on and actually got it out of the Senate and the House passed it Um, around giving more money to HBCUs around the historic landmarks. But she understands there is more to be done around creating incentives for more young people to go into the STEM professions through HBCUs. Um, She also is looking at reforming police departments and creating accountability. Currently, under uh, under this administration, Uh, They have shut down the pattern and practice investigations that involve investigating police departments that have a pattern and practice of discrimination. Kamala Harris says that uh, those will be reopened and revived with vigor. She also says she would also address consent decrees, which are agreements that require police departments to reform. Under this administration, they have ended dissent decrees. Um, Another aspect of her black agenda is giving tax credits to the middle class Americans. And yes, I know I said middle class Americans, but hear me out here. So she says that her first order of business would, when elected as president, is about lifting up the middle class working families she would be proposing specifically that families that are making $100,000 or less would get a tax credit that they would receive pretty much up to $500 a month. And then she um is talking about the LIFT Act, and it is estimated to provide an average of $2,000 to middle-class families. And she said that this proposal, she said with this proposal, uh, economists around the board have said would be the most significant middle-class tax cut for American families and generations. And it would lift up 60% of black families out of poverty. And according to Dylan Matthews of Vox, the bill still falls short in terms of helping the poorest Americans who aren't working. Um, he said that recipients must be working and earning at least $3,000 a year to get the full benefits. And if you make $0, you get $0 in benefits. And, uh, that is what he was saying about the lift act that, uh, Kamala Harris is proposing. um, But that is her, those are her political positions um, as of right now of what I've been able to find. Um, So the polls that have came out, the last poll that I saw was the Quinnipiac poll from March 21st to March 25th, 2019. And there's a margin of error of about 5.1%. Uh, Kamala Harris currently sits in fourth place in that poll behind Joe Biden, who's at 29 percent, Bernie Sanders, who's at 19 percent, Beto O'Rourke, which is at 12 percent. and She is at 8 percent. But with Kamala Harris. And I will conclude with this. A lot of people are skeptical of what kind of president Kamala Harris would be and reading you know her background looking at her career as a district attorney looking at her career as a senator even though her career as a senator has really only been 3 years looking at that um i noticed that Kamala Harris is pretty much consistent in what she believes in and what she's running on. And I can get behind that. I do not want to support a candidate that is all over the board. You're a a mayor and you have these, you know, policy positions. Then you run for Senate and then your policy positions change to fit You know, your policy positions should be who you are. They should pretty much fit your personality. Uh, they should fit who you are as a person. If you are a caring, loving person, your policies are going to be more people driven. If you're about money, your policies are going to be about making money. Um, and Kamala Harris has shown throughout her career that um, she is someone who is fighting for the people. And again, like I said, I can get behind that. Um, So I would, I would, I'm not going to knock Kamala Harris. Like right now I'm not supporting a certain candidate, but I like to know, where these candidates stand on certain issues and what type of person they are, because we didn't do that in 2016. If we would have did that in 2016, this guy wouldn't be in the white house. So I like to be informed about every candidate that is running for president. So with that, I will be doing, um, an episode on each candidate. Uh, I've just done the Kamala Harris one. Um, then you have Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Bader O'Rourke, Peter Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, Julian Castro, John Hickenlooper, John Delaney, Tulsi Gabbard, Kirsten Gillibrand, Jay Inslee, Marianne Will- Williamson, Andrew Yang. Um, there was another guy that got into the race yesterday. Uh, So I'm going to be doing an episode on each one of the Democratic candidates so that way you can be as informed as I am about these people who are asking for our votes. Like I said, the better informed that we are, the better we can make a decision on who we want to be the president of the free country. So stay tuned for those. Also, I have a um, episode coming up real soon about housing discrimination and how that affects the black community and has um, led to a lot of the issues that we have in our community. So stay tuned for that one as well. So I have the episodes on all the presidential candidates and I also have my episode on housing discrimination. So that's all for this episode. I want to thank y'all for listening. And remember, if you want to support what I do, then share, subscribe, and leave a review over on iTunes and on Google Podcasts. That's all for now, but I'll see you in the next episode on King Truth Podcasts.